This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. Folks, I have sheets from Miracle Made and ugh. I love them, especially in the summer or in these transitional seasons where your body is like hot and cold and it's just like confused. Here's the deal with Miracle Made they make sheets, okay? But they use NASA inspired technology with silver infused fabrics to make these sheets temperature regulating so that you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It's so delightful. Traditional bed sheets can also have way more bacteria. It can, they can have more bacteria than a toilet seat, which is crazy. They can lead to acne and allergies and stuffy noses. It's just super gross. My husband is one of these people that gets acne from traditional bed sheets. Um, but when we discovered Miracle Made, his face just cleared up. It was, it's been so great because they have this technology that prevents 99.7% of bacteria growth and it requires up to three times less laundry. Uh, so like I said, there's a self-cooling property for better quality sleep. There's a self-cleaning property. Uh, there's comfort and quality. I mean, they're so luxurious. It's like nicer than sheets you'd find at a five-star hotel. And it's designed for your skin so that bacteria doesn't get all up in your pores. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should try miracle.com slash fake the nation. Whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order them today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code fake the nation at the checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get that full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 295. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we brace ourselves because an invasive species of spider the size of a child hand is expected to colonize the entire East Coast this spring by parachuting down from the sky. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and unlike that alarming headline about oversized spider taking over the East Coast, I'm going to give you the information that was buried in the second paragraph of that Axios article, which is that they're not harmful, so who cares? Um, today, we're not going to talk about venomous spiders or murder hornets. Instead, we're going to talk about the shittiest bill in America today. Can you guess what it is? And of course, we'll talk about the vibe shift. What is it? And are we doomed to use this term forever? And finally, the experts have noticed a troubling phenomenon called bigorexia. We'll talk about what that is. Today, oh my gosh, you guys, this panel is so exciting. So I have had the distinct pleasure of being, of sharing a stage with this next panelist. Um, I've seen her perform all over the, all over the city. I've seen her just just, just like bring audiences to their knees with laughter. You've seen her on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert because she's so fucking fancy. It is the one and only Carmen Lagala. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh my gosh, so excited <laughs> that you're here. It's it's weird not to see you at nighttime, you know, in, near a comedy club. That's what's weird about this I- I- interaction right now. Yes. It's like we should just like darken the room so yes. we can both feel more at ease. Truly, seeing uh, comics during the day is terrifying. Is, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, this next comedian, you can see him on Comedy Central. Also, first time to the show, but oh my God, I'm so excited that he's on. He also is the host of the podcast, The Downside, which, I mean, you should be immediately subscribing to, downloading, binging. It is the amazing Gianmarco Soresi. Hey, Gianmarco. Uh, thank Marco. you. Buongiorno. Thank you for adding a little. A little accent to that. I appreciate I it. I put a little, I put a little Italian stank on that. <laughs> and I, um, and, yeah, uh, I'm also eating right here on the side. I'm eating some pasta just in your honor is what's happening. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know whether to be flattered or deeply offended, <laughs> but uh, I think for now what you're other, safe. What other Italian stereotypes can I throw at your face right now? <laughs> um, before we get into the show, though, I wanted to let people know about some of my upcoming dates that I'm very excited about. You know, I did this show, um, the Gein Farsad presents an evening of comedy from her mouth hole, um, just one time in New York City, and then um, a bunch of, you know, variants happened, and so then I couldn't really take it on the road, but now I am really taking it on the road. So you can see me in Chicago at Lincoln Lodge, at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago on April 15th and 16th. Um, oh, Carmen and John Marco gave me a, a, a knowing look like they know that venue. Um, you can also see me on April 30th, May 21st, and May 22nd at Joe's Pub here in uh, the venerable New York City. <laughs> Joe's Pub, which is just one of those classic, iconic uh, places to see anything. Um, so come see me there on April 30th, May 21st, and May 22nd. May 4th, I'll be at the Irvine Improv again in, for my Southern California peeps. And May 6th, I'll be at Ralph's Rock Diner in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, special thanks to people who've been sending me copies of their ticket purchase. I am so heartwarmed by that. It makes me feel less alone in this world. Um, and oh, you know, we like to shout out Fake the Nation alum. On Friday, March 11th, you can see Leah Bonama at the Lyric Hyperion. Uh, so again, on Friday, March 11th, our very own Leah Bonama. And again, I've said this when she's on the show, but you, she just is so fantastic. Uh, so go see her in Los Angeles at um, the Lyric Hyperion. All right, let's get into it with topic number one. We read a piece in the Times called What is Bigorexia by Alex Hoggood? And in it, he claims that a social media diet of perfect bodies is spurring some teenage boys to form a muscle dysmorphia. Um, and just to get real specific on what bigorexia this this term that was coined means it's it's basically a dysmorphia exhibited mostly by men uh, it's characterized by excessive weightlifting uh, a preoccupation with not feeling muscular enough a strict adherence to eating foods that lower weight and bu- build muscle uh, the condition can also lead men to become obsessed with their appearance which means they either check themselves out in the mirror all the time or completely stop looking at themselves in the mirror because they're so disgusted by what they see or so, you know, they just feel less than, so they just never look and then just keep working out into an oblivion. Um, I, you know, I have to be honest, I'm not a scroller of the TikToks. Uh, I'm on it, as listeners of Fake the Nation know. You can see some really just 
unclear if they're useful at all videos on TikTok of me. So definitely subscribe. But I just I kind of this 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 trend um, or this unfortunate trend has sort of passed me by. Have you seen any of this in your feeds? Well, I've seen it now and then. I'll tell you, TikTok is is why I'm not bigger because I'm on TikTok instead of going to the gym. I think it's a very <laughs> I would say that that's why I don't have any bulk on me. But I've I've always said that when it comes to like dealing with body image issues, men have had it so much harder than women for the last <laughs> 2000 years and uh, it's it's been really tough for us. I'm fin- finally someone yeah. speaking up about this. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any of this Carmen? I have not. I have a TikTok. I don't participate in it. Um, very good at back clicking until I'm out of it, even though they try to keep you in forever. Um, yes, me too. Yeah, no, it was really hard to feel any sympathy whatsoever for this. Uh, I mean, as a way to for men to build empathy for women, it's probably my least favorite method is for them to experience <laughs> the same thing. But as, as long as it's better than them not understanding at all, to be honest. And right, it is bad, right. but it's also like, welcome to the fucking party. Are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> know. Listen. Wait, wait. Because if you look, I mean, it's interesting if you look back at old movies with dudes um you know the paul newmans and stuff like that Mm. they did not have six-pack abs right so back then we just thought men were hot and they didn't need to exhibit any body features that are traditionally considered hot Uh, but women on the other hand you know they had to have like an excessively small waist i mean that goes way back the, the women in their body so to me i was a little bit like well, if we offload a little bit of the body dysmorphia onto men, <laughs> does that mean women get to do it less? Because that's not, that's okay. Um, but I, I should point out, all kidding aside, that it is a lot of teenage boys that are doing this. Um, and that a lot of the kind of, uh, you know, the the um, Facebook uh, investigations and, and all the stuff that had come out about Facebook and what they knew and Instagram and what they knew was bad for girls really focused on girls. Like they knew that this stuff is bad, that Instagram is bad for tweens and for teenagers. Uh, and it was mostly about the girls that they focus. But this is an area, this bigorexia um, is an area of boys who, you know, they just constantly watch um, videos of other people working out and then post their own videos of working out. For example, they this one kid Bobby um, they wrote about him that as his body mass grew so did his online audience uh, he wrote he has more than 400,000 followers on TikTok and he says they want to be just like me someone who gained muscle as a teenager um, I guess John Marco did you experience as a teenager any moment where you were like I'm going to start lifting weights yeah, no, definitely. Like I had I, every summer, every summer I said, okay. I'm going to get a six pack this summer. That was my thing. <laughs> I dealt with Abercrombie and Fitch. We all dealt with Abercrombie and Fitch. You went there and there were these models. There were Mark Wahlberg just naked riding an elephant. Right. And you don't know what clothes they were advertising. <laughs> there weren't even socks on this guy. So, yeah, I, I guess I, I get it. But some addictions, we can admit that some addictions are harder to feel bad for than others. I see a parent being like, please, sweetheart, stop bench pressing. Please put the dumbbells down and come to dinner. 
I look these these guys. I think get it out out in high school. You'll they'll get in shape. They'll get over it. They'll get into video games, or they'll get depressed, and eventually the depression will will stop them from weightlifting. I think this this is going to solve itself to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, well, it's interesting. So they did a survey. Um, the California Journal of Health Pro- uh, of Health Promotion did a survey of 149 boys, age eight, sorry, age eleven to 18 and they found that about a third of them were dissatisfied with their body shapes athletes were more likely to be dissatisfied than non-athletes and most wanted to increase muscle especially in the chest arms and abs there's something i didn't even know this was a thing called the dorito shape where you're (laughs) like did you guys know have you heard of this term i know i know the triangle i know i know the i know the goal Yeah, yeah I know the goal. I didn't realize that they were talking. Yeah, that is, I guess, now formally uh, the Dorito shape, which is odd because that's a very unhealthy food. It's like, don't eat this, but be this shape. It's like very weird. Um, Listen, social media, I I had a a problem with the whole Facebook, Instagram report uh, when they came out because everyone acted like, guys, did you hear Instagram is making people (laughs) feel bad about themselves? Tell Congress. Someone should tell Congress. Everyone's friends posting only the highlights of their lives and then getting a numerical number underneath each picture is making people feel sad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a disaster. Every people act surprised all the time. We're we're living with a nightmarish app that feeds off the worst of us. So, okay, a couple guys get a little big. Okay, I just think that's the least of our problems. And some of these guys, they said in that article that some guys, they're doing a challenge where they eat protein powder without mixing it into anything. They just eat it plain. You know what? I don't think that's Facebook's problem. I think your kid's an idiot. And I think you need to address that. Okay? It's not everything can be everyone's challenge. fault. It's the new what? Cinnamon challenge. It's what just like this cinnamon? has been around. We already did this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah in high yeah, school yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it was can you eat the spoonful of cinnamon? Right. And you're going to blame- also good for you i don't know protein powder is not the worst thing uh neither is cinnamon they they choke they cough like you know someday it's going to be the oh get hit by a car challenge and it's like okay well your kid's an idiot i don't know what to tell you you shouldn't be doing that right we've come we've come a long way from fear factor though when people were just like eating spiders you know what i mean yeah yeah and joe rogan has has made a much more productive use of his time thank god (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think, well, part of this is just pandemic related, right? Because people had, you know, these teenage boys had so much time to be on their phones because they weren't on the basketball court or whatever they would be doing at school. So they got to like fixate on their bodies. I mean, fixating on your body has been around since the beginning of time. I guess the difference now is there's people, there's, professional bodybuilders who post videos and then you know and then young boys and young men try and replicate that uh i think it's like when i wanted to get in shape it was because i wanted girls to like me but now we have an exterior motivator where it's not just about like getting a, a someone to be sexually attracted it's for literal likes on a thing so like 
our reward system is even more disconnected from reality. From reality. No, exactly. And in fact, John Marco, it's so funny that you say that because one of the quotes I pulled was one of the kids said, if I gain any weight now, I'm not going to look as good, which means I'll lose followers. So it's not, it's like, look, you know, (laughs) folks, I just want to remind everybody that like looking hot is its own reward. Okay. You don't need, (laughs) you don't need social media followers to feel good about looking hot, you know? Um, But, uh, but it's the other thing that's just crazily at odds because I feel like every week there's something like this that comes up and we're like teens are suffering from this kind of thing but then every other week it's like we're ushering in a new era of body positivity and everybody everybody's body is fine um so these ideas are at odds like which one is it i i well well this is a this is a deep (laughs) psychological problem i mean there's just realities in in i don't I have no, I don't even know what to say. Listen, I struggled. I wanted to gain weight and then I got lazy. And uh, I don't know, maybe these guys will build a whole following and then they'll become The Rock. There's no way The Rock's healthy. There's no way The Rock's healthy. (laughs) By the way, Channing Tatum, apparently on some uh, episode of like a, you know, some like the The Kelly Clarkson show, show, I think it was. Kelly Clarkson, that's that's what it was. Kelly Clarkson. He was on Kelly Clarkson and they showed a photo of him like from Magic Mike or something. And he he like kind of stopped him. She's like, hey, just so you know, that's not normal. It's really hard to get like that. Um, That's nice for him to say after the fact. That's nice for him to say after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, guess what, buddy? That's why you're on the Kelly Clarkson show right now is because you did that first. Let's get the. Let's- I know, and I and I do have to say, like you know, because my my husband is one of these dudes that will get um will audition for parts where they'll be like you know take your shirt off <laughs> take your shirt off we gotta you know we gotta check that body you know they'll say the the description will say something about abs or something oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean and that's I think which I get it I mean. But the other thing is there's a world where, like, Paul Rudd didn't have abs and he was considered everyone's, you know, aspirational boyfriend for a time. You know what but I mean? But then what happened? What happened then? And then what he happened then is Marvel he continued. And he, con- he then became sexiest man alive this year. <laughs> After he joined Marvel and Marvel said, hey, buddy. Right. Marvel said, yeah, yeah. Marvel said, but you know, it's, it's, but I, I want to argue reverse of what you argued about Channing Tatum, which is that Paul Rudd was just like, no, I'm going to be sweet and cute. And I'm not going to, it's not going to be about my hot butt. As someone who's been trying right to have Paul Rudd's career for the last 15 years. You are the poor man's Paul Rudd. Yeah. You're the poor man's podcasting Paul Rudd for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what? So you're you're the the sweet uh, and the cute hasn't worked for you quite yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I should maybe I should have focused more on the weightlifting. At a certain point, I should have said, okay, you know what? I need to go this route. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some protein powder when we're done with this. How heavy is that uh, microphone? You know what I mean? At, at, throw a weight onto the mic, and then you'll you know, and then we're cooking. Sure, I'll try that. <laughs> Um, okay, like, uh, Carmen, any final words for these teens who are being lured by the prospect of muscles? Um, geez, for the teens. Oh, man, I don't know. Too serious of an answer. Your body's not even ready for it yet. 
you can't <laughs> even work out effectively. <laughs> yeah, that's at that. so dry. I like, you ever even see, that. Yeah, like you ever <laughs> see a picture of like, true. like I've seen like jacked children and I'm like, that's disgusting. Um, you can't, I don't know. I'm like, how did you, I don't know. Get Same with like really big men though too. I'm like, that's too much. It's like, I don't know. For me, I'm like, if you're going to be in the gym instead of hanging out with me, then I don't, like I've dated that guy before. He looked at himself in the mirror when we fucked in front of a mirror, which is absolutely... <sighs> Horrible. horrible. (laughs) Looked himself in the eyes. Yeah. Wait, that's that's not a good thing. (laughs) Like you can't look that good. If you look that so good that you can't not look at yourself in the mirror. Oh no. (laughs) No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, how long did that relationship last? You're like, and we're married now. I'm like, uh, four years. (laughs) That was like a three. Three and a half, I think. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you really grew as a person um, after. Uh, no, that's that's uh, yeah. That the issue of these kids aren't even big at like just get like let let puberty settle, you mm-hmm. know, and then maybe like wait until you're at least twenty two. Mm-hmm. I feel like a man. Any, anything before 22 having kind of any kind of like particular body feels ridiculous to me mm-hmm. in general I don't know maybe eight you know may, I could be ta- I could be talked into like 20. Mm-hmm. Um, all right folks let me know what you think have you seen this trend on your feeds are you concerned about it as it um, you know has it taken anyone uh, has it has it not take anyone. Sorry, that's not the right. Has it taken anyone? Has my it, God! Has it, it, <laughs> it took my little brother. That's not what I mean. No, because like because because so far no. Um, has it has it inspired anyone you know to like follow the trend? Uh, let me know on all the social medias that we should not be posting on. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will. Ooh, we're going to talk about races to watch. Today's show is sponsored by Paired. And oh my God, me and my husband have had such a great time using Paired. We had this conversation recently because one of the questions that the app gave us was how do you personally express your love for your partner? I had some really ridiculous things that I was sharing with him that he sort of like totally saw as like, oh yeah, that is how you, you show your love for me. Like one of those things is he's like very sensitive to windows being open without the screen being there or like shades not being drawn at night or like just stuff involving windows. And I'm the kind of person that doesn't care about that. So I show my love for him by like doing those things because I know <laughs> He cares. And he recognized that as like a very weird form of showing your love for someone. And then I was like, I should actually do more exciting and interesting things for him. One of the ways he shows his love for me is by wearing the clothes that I buy him, which he doesn't always want to wear. But he does because he knows that I love like seeing them. P.S. I feel like he looks better when he wears the clothes I buy him. All right, that's just a side note. But point is, we've had these really fun conversations because of paired and it's as you've now guessed a relationship app for couples you and your partner you download the app you pair together and every day paired gives you questions quizzes games it's a way to, to have fun stay connected and deepen your conversations and I think you know when you get to a certain point I mean me and my dude have been together for like 10 years so it's kind of great to have this external entity like giving you these questions and inspiring new forms of conversation that you hadn't thought of in these 10 years 
years. And so I don't know, I highly, highly recommend Paired. It's so fun. Um, whether you're a new couple and you could you could really use some some questions to get things to deepen things, or you're a couple that's been around the block and you could use these questions to kind of like find new and interesting things you didn't really know about each other. Either way, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to Paired.com slash Fake the Nation to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to Paired.com slash Fake the Nation to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Go to Paired.com slash Fake the Nation. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. And we are back. And before we get into topic number two, I want to do a quick races to watch segment. So we have a large number of Texas voters um, who listen to the show, I think. I don't know. Or they're just maybe they're the, the most motivated to win. But I have now heard of uh, two races uh, to check out in Texas. Um, Greg Cesar, the Austin City Council member, is running for the 35th Congressional District, which includes parts of um, Austin, Hayes County, and San Antonio. So check out Greg Cesar. Also check out Jessica Cisneros, um, the immigration attorney who's challenging the longtime incumbent um, Henry Culler in the 28th district, which stretches from the Rio Grande um, to Laredo and all the way up the east side of San Antonio. Um, so definitely check out those. And also, um, I believe it was Joan, maybe, in Pennsylvania, um, wants to wants us to look at John the, the race between John Fetterman, Connor Lamb, Malcolm, Kenyatta. For, it's the Senate primary race in Pennsylvania. Again, it's looking like a real just exciting one um, with candidates John Fetterman, Connor Lamb, Malcolm, Kenyatta. Where do you stand? Take a look. Let me know. I'm so curious. And now, uh, oh, but all as always, please keep the races to watch coming by sending us an email at uh, fakethenation at headgum.com. Again, that's fakethenation at headgum.com. And I will shout out your races to watchings uh, because it's so important and we're gently gearing up for yay old midterms. All right. And now let's get into topic number two. What is the worst bill in America today? Listeners, if you're quizzing yourselves, the answer is the Parental Rights and Education Bill, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill that just passed both the Florida Senate and House. It is en route to Governor DeSantis's desk. A couple of things about this bill and what it does. I mean... It's a doozy. Uh, it limits what classrooms can teach about sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, under the legislation, uh, um, lessons may, quote, may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. By the way, developmentally appropriate and age appropriate were not quite defined. The bill would also allow parents to sue schools or teachers that engage in these topics. So they just can be sued 
John Marco, what do you think? Oh, I got a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, I mean, I mean, God, I if if if, if you know they call it the the don't say gay bill. I mean, I don't know what my my school bullies would have done when I was a kid if this bill existed at that time. That was my <laughs> They nickname. would have nothing to say. They'd have nothing to say. My last name is Serezi. They they used to call me Serezi Sogazi. So in in that one instance, <laughs> in that one instance, I say, yeah, I'd love to sue them all. But I think you know what <laughs> oh, I realized. What terrible. I, what I realized like later in life was just how much how much uh, you talk about heterosexuality, you know, and everything. It's in the movies, it's in the this. So so I, I'm almost like, look, okay, you don't want to talk about gay things, you can't talk about straight shit either. So all of you guys, it's just a man and a woman living in a house. You can't talk about any of it because- Any, yeah, yeah, they, no they, house. There's no house, no one's living no in No one's it. living. And you know what? You yeah. know what I'd do if I was a teacher? I'd say, oh yeah, so yeah, John lives with his dad and his roommate who he fucks. That's how I'd say it. I'd say, all right, you don't want us to say gay. We're going to go even further. We're going to go more detailed. You didn't want gay? Gay was the nice way. We were all making it nice for you right, guys. Right, 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 right. Let's get real specific about what happens. Yeah. It's horrible. It's a horrible um, thing. And It's and horrible. It's all just vague. And that's like, that's when you look at the bill I saw, what was it, DeSantis was saying, like, you know, people are mischaracterizing it. it. It doesn't say, don't say gay. But it's worse what it says. It says, careful, or you'll get sued. Yeah. What the fuck? What is a teacher supposed to do? So it's horrible. I hate it. And uh, I, I I think, you know, they, they, they just don't realize. I mean, they do realize. But we talk about people being straight. We talk about sexuality. They paint it like, what, you're against teachers not talking about anal sex in the classroom? It's like, no, it's not that. It's that that you're just showing them through the world as it is. There's gay people and there's straight people and there's, it's horrible. It makes me very upset. I know. And it's also interesting. I mean, look, I don't remember what I learned between kindergarten and grade three, except for probably like reading or something, <laughs> and the alphabet or whatever. Well, I don't really remember. I don't really Good. remember. But I mean, the other, the, you know, we were, we are taught like this nuclear family imagery, right? From a very early age. Yeah. And now, you know, the, I have all these, you know, I have a toddler, I have all these children's books that show nuclear family imagery, but also show different types of family imagery. And the thing is, is that it's not a big fucking deal. Like it's cute and it's fine. I mean, it's obviously, obviously I feel that way, but it's... um. I, I think the part of what's happening is that parents are lit, are getting some notion that kids are learning to be gay rather than learning yeah. about gay families or other LGBTQ plus families. As someone who went to college and, for musical theater for 15 years, you, you, you can't become <laughs> gay no matter how much you might want it to fit in with your friends. It's not possible. So that's that's the thing. That's the that's the the illusion. I know it's not possible. It's so funny. It's true that like, and I mean, I don't know, Carmen, if you had the the moment of like, uh, well, actually, don't even know. Are you straight? Or um, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say pansexual usually, uh, but I'm okay. basically an incel with women. Very hard to pick up women. Okay. 
Amen. Okay. Tell me okay, about it. Okay, got My you. <laughs> yeah. What a nightmare. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> but like there was this moment in college where like all of my friends tried to make out with a girl because they were just like, let's just make sure. And literally none of them could turn the corner into full lesbian. Like it just didn't happen. I think you're absolutely right, John Marco, that it it's, it's so difficult to like make someone be gay. And so seeing a really cute chill children's book um, about a character with two dads is certainly not gonna do it. Um, I, which, is, which is just like, I don't even know, I can't even, I think part of what's frustrating about this segment, about this bill, is that I can't even believe we're having these conversations in 2022. You know, I can't. But I guess the big, the bigger question for me is, this feels, you know, we, we've seen a lot of the uh, attacking transgender kids in, in Texas. We're obviously seeing bills, similar bills like this in other states. This pinpointing stuff that affects children specifically, um, when it comes to, you know, LGBTQ community seems to be the GOP strategy. And it's oddly cruel. I mean, ultimately, wouldn't this kind of backfire? I think so. That's why this feel that you're right. This bill feels like late to the game. I'm like, well, good luck keeping your kid away from gay things. Uh, like it yeah. is just, I mean, what, they're not going to watch Anderson Cooper on the news. They're not going to watch, you know, right. RuPaul. Like, it's just like what it's, it, it's horrible because it feeds off these fear where these parents, and I imagine it's dumber parents out there. They think their kid's going to go to school and the teacher's going to give them, you know, a, a testosterone shot or something. Like, I don't know what it is they visualize, but they freak yeah. out that the teacher is going to like convince their, 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 their child to change how they feel. Every parent thinks that they can control things about their kids. And yeah. it's that that's the insanity. I, I of am it. I am one of those parents, by the way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's uh, not happening at this young age. <laughs> so um, and I well, I will say, I think, OK, just to play devil's advocate here, the bill's proponents think that the you know, the bill is here to empower parents who deserve to have a say in their children's education. Um, and for example, if the same thing was a happening but it was about religion right sure we would say yeah we don't want religion you know some religion to be i guess imposed on our ch child although i have to say i don't care if my kid learns about religions uh which i think is the critical difference that parents aren't understanding so, so what would you say to a parent who's like no i should be in charge of what my kid learns you know, if you really get yeah, it, it for, that's a for, conversation. For conservatives, for, conver for conservatives who earnestly believe that their children are 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 being fed something that they don't like. You know what I mean? Can you put yourself in their shoes and kind of see it from that kind of scare? The solution isn't isn't oh well, we can sue the teacher. How about the teacher? Okay, you get to do that. The teacher gets to sue you if you're a shitty parent and you have your shitty kid <laughs> influencing all the other children's behavior. <laughs> Like that's sure. I sure if you're a parent, you should be involved. But that, but that doesn't mean you could just start just suing people. If we're gonna play that game, these parents are gonna get sued a lot. I, I imagine there's a lot of teachers who could use the money, number one, and who deserve to sue some of these parents. By the way, I had a teacher. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but she couldn't pronounce my name, and she would just like go. You know, this was she was the 
the driver's ed and sex ed teacher because both of those were in one class. <laughs> oh, Palm Springs Unified School District, what's up? Um, and so both of those were in the same class and this teacher just would could not say my name for the first week she would try, you know, Negan, Negan. it's two syllables. I mean, come on. But anyways, Negan, Megrin, Megan, you know, it was every iteration of two syllables that were around my name, but not my name. And then finally she just said, Said, I can't do it. I'm gonna call you NF, which are my um, my whatchamacallits. Initials. Uh, initials. Initials. Yeah. And so um, so she called me NF for the entire semester while everyone else got to be called by their names. Wow. <laughs> no, I just wanna say You wanna sue her. You wanna sue her, don't I wanna you? sue her. <laughs> Cause that's something I think about. <laughs> like I still shudder when I think about that you know that I had that I suffered that indignity which is a small indignity compared to the indignities that many people have to suffer I know I'm not special but still come on so anyways um your teacher could be doing something worse than just reading a book about a a kid with two moms I mean do you guys remember do you remember substitute teachers and how I mean I'm 36 so I don't know how it is now but they were like while it seemed like they just like dragged somebody in off of the street <laughs> and they were like watch these kids these people were mentally insane and just not teaching us i mean teaching us that people are people are unhinged and you need to be careful but they were just like second graders just put us in front of there was this one woman who just ha- like did wolf impressions for an entire class i'm like where's the bill <laughs> that stops that woman from being allowed <laughs> into and my I was life. so young. That's right. what you. I remember about substitute teachers when I like got older. I was like, wait, they were twenty three. You had yeah. a twenty three yeah. year old just run the class. Are you out of your mind? Too young. <laughs> Horrible. Right. Exactly. So I think the point we're driving at Florida <laughs> is that there are issues in education, none of which are talking about gay families that i think is what we're what we're driving at here is teachers should like learn name pronunciation and stop doing wolf impressions and i think we could do a lot better legislation on even just those two things your whole state's about to be in the ocean you're about to be in the ocean the entire state maybe worry about other things how can you be caring about this right now it's over. The schools are going to be underwater. You need to worry about the oh scuba gear God. before you worry about yeah. saying the word gay. Yeah, you're going to be grateful you could talk about gay stuff once Miami is in a flood. You know, that'll be all right. Let us move on. Uh, folks, let me know what you think. I don't know. Again, and I've talked about this. And that's why we do races to watch. Local races are so important because they are the the people that are making up the House and Senate of the state of Florida. They are those local races. So Florida listeners, what races are you watching? Because we got to get rid of this bill. It's crazy. And you and you can totally do that. So hit me up again. Fake the nation at headgum.com for for races. Um, And like, again, bonus points, uh, which amount to nothing. You get nothing but bonus points if you if they're in Florida. All right. Let us move on to topic number three. All right. This is an admittedly ridiculous topic. Or is it? So apparently 
the vibe shift is coming. And for those of you who can admit that you don't know what that means, a vibe shift is a period of time when one trend dies and another one emerges. Um, and before we get into some previous vibe shifts, some possible future vibe shifts, um, and, and, and analytics on previous vibe shifts, I just want to ask you both, um, Carmen, do you feel a vibe shift coming. <laughs> oh. Do I think vibe shifts are just created by people who say the word vibe shift? Absolutely. I don't yes. think it would exist without, but I also really love the word vibe and energy. I think those are the two best new things to come out of the last number of years. It just describes everything. So I used to be like, this person's weird. Now I'm like, their vibe is off or I don't like their energy. It's so much better. Um, mm -hmm. Is a vibe shift coming only because people are saying it is. And as long as low rise jeans don't come into the mix, oh, I'll be God, happy. Please, I no. can't. Yeah, that was horrible. I can't do what it. Are I low rise jeans? What does that mean? Is that the, the hips low? Yeah. yeah it, the like, hip is yeah. low. Okay. I'm supposed to and high rise. You, and it makes you feel like you always have a muffin top even if you don't it just makes you feel like your stomach is hanging over a ledge it's just like it's hard it's just the worst feeling low-rise jeans that men never really had to deal with Ooh, right because they don't have hips no. in the same way um but do you feel the vibe shift john marco i you know in my head i'm imagining uh some a russian citizen is is breaking the law to get to get onto american <laughs> news they, they want to see the truth. And what's the first article that pops up? There's a vibe shift coming. And they go, okay, you know what? <laughs> Guys, did you hear? The low-rise jeans are back. America's, no, I listen. All I care about is when can I take these cargo shorts out of my closet and start wearing them again? <laughs> Until that's the vibe that's coming, I don't give a shit about any vibe shift. I like cargo shorts. I have a girlfriend right now. And that is a, that is a, it's no go. That yeah, is, so sorry. But I, I agree that you should not wear cargo shorts. Although I think you can make multiple cultural arguments as to why your cargo shorts are like within the current cultural vibe. But I still don't think you should wear them. I love, take off those cargo shorts. Actually, I have multiple cultural arguments to justify <laughs> why I should keep these on. Uh, listen, I, I remember when I was in middle school and Abercrombie Fitch was everything and I, I bought it all yeah. and then the vibe shifted all of a sudden and no one was wearing them. And from then on out, I said, I will never again, I will never again go along with the shift. vibe. Yeah, no, it's it's tough because it does leave you. You have to be really careful. I think when I, I realized I was, I when I realized what was happening with vibes and their shiftings. Um, and by the way, it's just trends. The word is actually trend. <laughs> when I realized there was a major trend changing, I was like, oh, I should not buy outfits because everybody has that thing. That is exactly the thing I should not buy because it's not going to survive. And it's really frustrating. And then you're left with like, remember there was an era of just all the dresses were longer in the back and shorter in the front. I think that's actually from our current cultural trend but it, it might it may still persist a little bit but like i i was like oh i have several of these and then it was just sort of kind of faded away and i was like oh now i have like asymmetrical skirts and it's uh, frustrating um so sean monahan coined the term vibe shift he's this kind of like marketing dude uh, and he observed three major 
area uh culture areas one was between 2003 and 2009 and it was the hipster indie music era vibe um with the peak arcade fire i feel like that kind of explains it all um the you know williamsburg bespoke cocktail bars right Mm. we still have those anyways um there's the post-internet techno revival which is from 2010 to 2016 um you might call that the blood orange era you may have remembered stuff like normcore again which is what i actually think you could you can argue cargo pant within the normcore aesthetic um but normcore is no longer the thing the thing now which is the 2016 to 20 or sorry the 26 this is 2016 to 2020 so right before the pandemic i think the pandemic is just like a dead zone is the hyper beast woke era so think drake um nike's sneakers app um sneaker flipping virtue signaling like protesting instead of brunch that's that era uh which we are oh, just God. coming out that's of fashion i would say now that, that i would say that's the, the cultural war stuff i feel like that's all the the like hyper beast woke era and i have to say of the eras of the last 20 20 years that has sucked the most <laughs> I, th- I think that's so horrifying. Someone's like, you know what's really hot right now? Black Lives Matters t-shirts. A little tank top with a little, uh, you know, like like that's the fashion. That's the yeah. fashion. That's <laughs> horrible. That's so, off- that's so deeply offensive. Yeah or, yeah, or just like that. Or just this kind of like protesting as a fashion. Obviously, like, look, I, you know, I'm sitting here with like a, a, a show that really, really heavily promotes voting. You know, so like I want people to protest, but I also want people to brunch. It doesn't need to be a, you don't have to virtue signal between. They're not like, you don't have to choose between them. You know what I mean? And that, I think, is the thing about this era that like choose between things you can't have mm. one nice thing and one civically virtuous thing at the same time what's the most embarrassing do you own it like i know people who had like i'm a biden bitch and i was like burn that in the trash <laughs> burn that in the trash <laughs> i um i well i guess so did do you did any of these eras speak to you carmen were you a fan of any of these times of the, of the last 20 years last 20 years um yeah, the, the, the first era being that kind of hipster indie music 20 2003 to 2009 i've never been super hip or in or anything i really like how sweatpants and like comfortable things uh i think it's going out now but then that might have not been a vibe oh, that might have just years. been like a really short thing during the pandemic yeah um, you had your two years of that <laughs> and i was I, like I that like, before but i was just I like oh like yeah that's enough <laughs> um Um, well here are some possibilities for the new for the new vibe shift and i have my own per so i want you guys to think about what you wish would come um we know from carmen she does want to retain comfort in the new vibe shift but here are some possibilities that the experts have are are putting out there for a new vibe shift one is indie sleaze um that was the style typified um, by uh, the nightlife of the mid to late aughts and very early 2010s. Um, it was just kind of like American apparel meets thrift shop. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of like I, I'm not really trying hard, but I tried a little like that, you know, and I'm uh, showing a little too much skin or something, whatever. It's like that look. Um, that's one option for a vibe shift and then the other one is 
twee culture, um, which I guess you would think like Zoe Deschanel and like men in suits riding unicycles. <laughs> Unicycles um, are in, you... baby. I like those jackets with the the patch on the elbow. That's kind of cool. Is that mm-hmm. twee? Well, it, yeah, I, I think that goes in. Yeah, yeah, because you could also maybe throw a monocle into that, mm. and then it's a real, you know, that's a real twee look. And he's going on a date with Zoe Deschanel. Like you could totally picture that, right? Yeah, I listen. The only time I ever have to think about this stuff, I, I had so many auditions for hipster. And I would have yeah. to call my friends and say, dear God, <laughs> what do I need to buy? I have, I have a, what's that hat that everyone hates that hipsters wear? With the, oh, the, um, the trucker hat? No, the, the, the fedora. The I have a fedora, fedora with a feather in it that I bought for $70 for a part with three lines. And I did not get it. <laughs> And I don't know what to do with it. They wouldn't take it back. You need those to come back. Why would you spend $70 for an audition? I thought the cast director would say, oh, we'll save money on wardrobe. He's already got this. Let's just give it to him. He clearly needs this badly. He needs this badly. Oh, that's so sad. Um, okay. I, um, I, yeah, like I'm not sure... I mean, the sleaze culture feels not unlike what a lot of people wear. So here, okay, so I'll tell you something. The reason why I do believe that a vibe shift is coming is a friend of mine went to a club on Saturday, and she is <laughs> north of thirty-five, right? Oh, and God, so my first in? question was, uh, like, did, I know was there an issue? You know, she she's hot, so I feel like there was no there was no issue there. Um, but but you know, like. There's something hap- I think I think there's two things that happen. One, when you I feel weird going to a club because I have a child now. And so I love kid. dancing. Right. I'll just bring my toddler <laughs> to the club. <laughs> it's a great idea, Carmen. But but I also just felt like what was everybody wearing, you know? And it's funny because that question came up in these vibe shift articles because people are now going out again, going to the club again, getting wasted, um, and they don't know what to wear. So there's that is why I feel like a vibe shift is very imminent because we're all, because all these people are going to coalesce around something. Um, and like my friend was saying that the styles on uh, just look look like you know there's a lot of like just jeans with a shirt that was like really really specifically chosen but like but looked very casual you know but that sounds like nothing to me that doesn't really even really sound like my dream first of all my dream is to be welcomed in Bushwick um and I'm not, right? I spend too much time on my outfits for anyone in Bushwick to, if if people in New York City don't know what I'm talking about, Bushwick is what Williamsburg was, which is what, you know, Berlin was in the 90s or something. It was, it's like, it was the intense hipsters who are also very judgmental. And I, what I would love is for the thing to come, the thing that I want to come back is people spend a lot of time on their clothes, <laughs> Like, I just want people to care and think about what they're wearing as opposed to just, like, throwing shit on. That is a vibe shift I'm waiting for. Well, then we, we are we are counter-vibing because I am <laughs> the opposite of that, that vibe. Men will never care, it feels like. I love clothes. I just brought some bought some very, very bright blue wide leg pants, and I know they're going to go out of style tomorrow. I need them not to. I need people to be to embrace 
Yeah, colors. 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 I love colors. I, I think good, I, I think colors, colors are going to come back because everybody in New York City wears all black, all gray. But I think to celebrate that we're out a little bit more now, I think people are going to go. Maybe tie dye will make its way back. Who knows? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'll tie dye feels like the oh, last did. year. It's been having oh, a yeah. moment. Yeah, tie dye was still, 2019. Still with us. Sorry, fuck tie dye. Oh, um, you said that old to 2019? Oh, geez. Right? So I think tie dye was 2018 even. They're like oh, bright Jesus. blue pants, and one leg says Biden, the other says bitch. <laughs> it says AOC <laughs> across the ass. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Um, the have you guys seen the movie Party Monster? It's like this 2003 movie with Macaulay Culkin, and it's about the club kids of New York in the like 90s. No, I haven't. No, seen I, I didn't know Macaulay Culkin was still around. Yeah. Well, this is literally from 2003. This movie, it's 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 pretty old. Um, but true. I just I like seen this movie at some point in the last 20 years, and I remember thinking when I watched it, like. I wish New York was like that again, where club kids, because they wore, I mean, just paint on their faces and just like crazy, you know, glow in the dark, whatever, like apparatus, like to going to the club was an act of being seen. Um, and it was uh, typified by these club kids, you know, in the in the 90s. And I feel like I, w- I would just love to see people trying really hard like the uh, the aesthetic of not trying hard i'm over i could see euphoria euphoria's got a lot of like sparkly things on their face they never address that in euphoria where the parents are like why the fuck is there glitter all over the kitchen guys and they're like oh well you know i was having a casual hang with my friend so i had to put on all the glitter Oh my God, guys, I wore a lot of glitter on my face in college. Anyways, that's a discussion <laughs> for another time. <laughs> am I am I secretly like a Euphoria alum? Um, euphoria high. Uh, but just on, on a final note here, Carmen, you mentioned the word vibe and, and the words vibe and energy, energy as being like awesome words of this era. Um. Is there anything else that you put in there that you love or that you hate? Because I'll tell you there's something that I dislike and that is you – it's and not that I even really dislike it. I liked it at first. But the expression, I'm here for it. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't do use that, that one, one anymore. I'm here for it. You know, like blah, blah, blah is happening and I'm here for it. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. Any uh, of the thing that ends up on Twitter as basically a meme, I I don't like. I'm not here for it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I can just in my mind, I can, I can hear my, in a, like four years, my mom saying it. And like, uh, mom, you want to yes, get dinner? Yes, and she's yes. like, I'm here yes. for it. And I'm like, oh, yes. thank God I never was a part of this. Yeah, as soon as a mom. I remember there's a time where like adults, like, you know, dads were imitating what they thought like hip hop culture was. And they'd be like, what up, dog? And something about <laughs> oh. that would make my skin like yes. crawl. Like, yes. oh, God. Yes. Yep. By the way, that in the in the um, rhetoric of the vibe shift is people not surviving the vibe shift. Not surviving <laughs> the vibe shift means that they don't recognize that a thing has changed, that they must immediately throw out terms like I'm here for it and never utter them again from their mouths because the vibe has shifted. Right. So I guess, folks, let me know what you think the vibe shift is bringing are you prepared and do you think you'll survive? Uh, like you won't survive because like no one will fuck you and your 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 lineage will die <laughs> off right with you. 
Do you think that thing is going to happen that John Marco just said? All right. And that is the end of the show. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for joining me. I am so excited for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Carmen, where do they do that? Ooh, I'm on Twitter at Carmen Legala. I'm on Instagram at Carmstagrams. And like I'm like not active on TikTok, so good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm, I just said social media is bad like 10 times on this podcast. And I'm like, can you follow me so I can feel? <laughs> That's I, um, yeah. me every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would I like a million um, followers? Sure. Do I care? Not. No. No. <laughs> um, and definitely if you can catch Carmen performing live uh, if she's in your town or if you're in New York City you should definitely do that it is a wonderful time John Marco where do people find you? Uh, everywhere online at John Marco Cerezi uh, uh, my podcast, The Downside, and I'm I'm touring all around the country this year, looking for the next variant, and uh, f- uh, check all those things to find my tour dates. But I'm going to Texas, California, uh, 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 Utah, and I, I can barely make it with these rising oil prices. So please come buy some merch. And uh, again, it's at John Marco Cerezi on all the platforms. Oh my gosh, so much consistency there. Really synergistic. Not too many Joe Marco Cerezis out there, you know. Definitely look up his dates and see if you could see him perform live. And then when you're done looking up his dates, look up my dates. I'll be in Chicago um, at the Lincoln Lodge. I'll be at Joe's Pub in New York City. I'll be at the Irvine Improv at Ralph's Rock Diner in uh, Worcester. And uh, I'm, there's going to be a couple more dates being added. Uh, guys, the, the mom with a toddler's version of touring is like, maybe just like half the dates of everyone else's version of touring but I'm still out there and I'm doing it um, and I would love 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 to see you and don't forget you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad we're putting up uh, amazing bonuses um, every couple of weeks there's um, and there's essays and there's mugs and there's t-shirts and oh my god there's so many things you should get all of them um, and, uh, and and join the fun um, actually some of these these bonus episodes are just so like wild. They're they're really fun. Um, but what I really want to do is thank everyone who makes the show happen. That's our wonderful producer Danielle Jones Wesley, our sound engineer Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And as always, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really does help people find the show. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com for any reason you want, but especially for races to watch. Um, you can again join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad and we'll We'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum podcast.